0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Glad to have you with us for another podcast, another day in the Word of God. That's a good day when you can spend some time in God's Word, and it's a good day when you can spend some time on Pensacola Beach. Uh, This is a postcard that I received the other day from my really good friends, Dwight and Gail Tomlinson, and Gail, I am going to safely assume that you sent me this postcard because the handwriting is way too legible for it to be Dwight's. But uh, the Tomlinson's are just legendary. What a great couple. they served God their whole lives. I've been keenly involved in missions now for years. And uh, two of the sweetest, godliest, most likable people I know, Dwight and Gail Tomlinson. And they're residing now in Pensacola, but they're all over the country, all over the world, world serving the Lord. And so thank you guys for thinking about me and for listening to the podcast. It means a lot to me. Hope you're having a great day today. And it's been a while since you've stopped by our church. So come on back sometime soon. Mark chapter nine, we are in, well, we're coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. We were up there with Jesus and Moses and Elijah showed up and Peter, James, and John were wowed by all of it. And even God came. And spoke in an audible voice, this is my beloved son, hear him. And I think the Lord still gives us that message today, doesn't he? This is my beloved son, hear him. And as we listen to the pages of scripture, we're listening to the voice of Jesus. Look at verse number 14 of our text, where it says, and when he came to his disciples. So remember, nine of his disciples are still down at the bottom of the mountain. Jesus has gone on this excursion with Peter, James, and John. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway, all the people, when they beheld him, when they saw Jesus, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? So really, in Mark, 4, in Mark 9, 14, we, we have three groups of people that Jesus and the three have stumbled upon. First of all, his own disciples, they are there. And then we have a group of scribes, uh, these religious leaders that were very uh, st- studied in the word of God and were the teachers that they were questioning with. Now think about it from our from your perspective back in those days, the disciples, of course, they had been with the Lord and the Lord, Lord was teaching them, but they're common men. They're former fishermen and publicans and businessmen and people that have been called. And these scribes They're the doctor's degree people. They are the college professors. They are the theologians. So they're questioning with the disciples. Jesus is not there to bail them out. And it seems as if the the crowd of people, uh, they're looking on and what's going on. Now, there is something more going on. But so far, we have three groups of people. We've got the scribes. Uh, They're critical of the ministry of Jesus. They have the disciples, obviously they are part of the ministry of Jesus. And then you have a large swath of people that are simply looking in like which crowd is right and what decision can we make about this? So what is driving all of this? Well, that's exactly what Jesus asks. So in verse number 16, he asks the scribes, what questioned you with them? What's this all about? What, is, what has brought this Controversy. Uh, why are these people gathered? What's the situation? Verse number 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, So the scribes didn't answer, the disciples didn't answer, the people themselves didn't answer as a group. No, th- there's this one guy there that this whole situation is about. And he just kind of jumps the gun and gives the answer. So look at verse number 17. So one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. So the son has a dumb spirit. I brought unto thee my son. He can't speak. He, He can't speak for himself. He can't communicate what's wrong. That's a frustrating thing. You've got a son that has an an issue, and he can't tell you what it is. What's wrong? Where does it hurt? Uh, Imagine already the consternation of this father. And it says in verse number 18, And wheresoever he, that is the spirit, the evil spirit in him, taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and he gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. In other words, he's in extreme pain. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. So the, the problem is explained, and now we understand why the crowd is there, because this man has approached the disciples. He's got this demoniac son who is just being... Ravaged by this evil spirit and it's casting him into the fire and it's casting him into, uh, well, he'll go on to talk about that. I'm jumping the gun a bit here. But the point is that this son is in dire straits and the man in desperation has come to the, the disciples to get some help and they've not been able to help him. And that has brought the scrutiny of the scribes and that has brought the, the, this to the attention of the people. And watch how Jesus responds in verse number 19. He answered him, he answereth him and saith, "O faithless generation. So he immediately deals with their lack of faith. How long shall I be with you? So Jesus had been away from his disciples, but they should have been able because of their faith in him and because of their understanding of the power that he's already invested in them. They should have been able to help, but they couldn't. And the Bible says, how long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. So Jesus is sighing, frustrated with the faithless disciples. Uh, I'll take care of this. So Bring the young man to me verse number 20, and they brought him unto him. And when he, that is the young man, saw him, Jesus, straightway, the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming, just foaming at the mouth. Can you imagine that scene? So as soon as this young man is brought to Jesus, the guy just goes crazy, goes berserk, and is just uh, hurting himself, hitting himself, tearing himself, foaming at the mouth. What a pathetic scene and what pa- compassion we should have on this father that's watching this spirit that is just destroying his son. By the way, that's what the devil always does in his group. He comes to to steal and to kill and to destroy. He's not there to save lives, to redeem lives. Look at verse Number 21, and he, Jesus, asked his father, how long is it ago since this this came unto him? And he said of a child, how long has this been going on, said Jesus. The man said, since he was a little boy. So this father has been dealing with this behavior and this problem for years, and it, it gets worse. Look at verse number twenty-two. And oft times, so this is not like an isolated incident that, like, some kind of a grand mall seizure that occurs you know, once a year, or this has happened on a handful of times in his life. No, the Bible says oft times it hath cast him into the fire. Oh my! So. This evil spirit in this boy has caused him to jump into a flame. Uh, no doubt, he even has burn marks on his body. Uh, he has burn marks uh, uh, that 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 betray the times when this demon has cast him into a fire. Then the Bible says, and and into the waters. You know, I've got to watch him 24-7. There's been times when we've been walking by a river, or walking by a lake, or we've been near the ocean. And he just runs in and I've got to save him from drowning. I've got to save him from burning. Then the Bible says to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So what a scene here. You've got a man that is just beside himself and he needs help from the Lord as much as the son needs help. Sometimes we look at situations where people are suffering, and maybe somebody is pining away with cancer, or maybe somebody's going through some other huge health problem that has all the pain that goes along with it, or maybe somebody is just suffering the ravages of drug addiction and all that goes with that—the the lifestyle of addiction—and and we. Tend to look at people in that pain or people in those situations and say, wow, we need to have great passion on what they're going through. But we also need to have great compassion on those that are next to the people that are going through that. And that's why the father said, Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion on us. So there's a lot to be said about the story already. First of all, I think that we can make a statement about sometimes the follower followers of Jesus don't have the answers, but they should. I see the, the influence of an ineffective church right here. Uh, they, they came to, they brought their son to this disciple group, but they couldn't help him. You know, when, when people come to the assembly of Christ followers, that's what a church is an assembly of Christ followers, when people bring their, their sons and their daughters and their loved ones and their friends to church, uh, they're, they're expecting that that body of believers will be able to help them. They want to see the miracle of a changed life. You know what really authenticates uh, the a church as being truly of the Lord? is when they have the ability to see lives changed. It's not that they're changing lives, obviously, but, but they have the power of the Lord, the power of God's Holy Spirit. You know, that's what, that, that's what people are looking for. They're looking for a place where their lives can be changed, where a difference can be made, not just a place where they can hear, like the scribes, somebody drone on and on about their opinion about the Word of God, but they want a place where power is evident. And the, this father didn't find that place, did he? And Jesus said one of the reasons why these disciples could not help is they were faithless. Uh, they, they weren't putting their faith in the Lord and in the power that the Lord had. They were looking at their own resources. They were looking at their own ability. Kind of like when Jesus said, how much do you think it would take to feed all of these people? And Philip said, well, 200 pennyworth is not enough. See, the disciples were looking at the, the front end of the feeding of the 5,000 from the standpoint of, well, what can we do? We don't have enough. Uh, Andrew said, there is a lad here with five loaves and two fishes, but what are they among so many? They were taking stock in their own resources and realizing we could never affect change. Yeah, that's because they're faithless. They're not looking through the eyes of faith. They're looking through the eyes of sight, their own resources. And Jesus said that's not the way to look at the situation. So this man brought his son to the, to, to the church, to the people, and because of lack of faith, they couldn't help him. And what, what did that do? That gave rise to criticism. That gave rise to questions uh, question marks from the scribes. And the people came, and what was known of these nine before Jesus showed up, wow, you know, they, they have a good heart, they love people, but they're really not affecting change in people's lives. It gave really the negative kind of press to Christ's followers because they couldn't any more help this man than any of the other resources this man had sought for help in all of his years of trying to seek a remedy for his son. Now, we're going to pick it up there. It's a long story, but it has a great, great teaching to it. And I don't want you to miss it. So we're going to quit right there in verse number 22. And we're going to jump back in next time at verse number 23 and finish uh, this exciting story in the Bible. Don't have time right now, so we'll finish it up. Hope you have a great day today uh, in the Lord. And we'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.